This is Ian, a.k.a. What Son, a.k.a. Michael K. Y'all listening to... What you listening to? Up in the Mix. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Up of the Mix, coming to you hot from various locations. This is Sean, aka the Truth, aka the Super Nicest, aka the Nar Mr. R, aka not the black dude you thought I was. This is Caesar, aka De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Culo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local, also that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club, uh, the <laughs> El Hombre de la Gente. The habitual line crosser, the honey badger, the baby whisperer, and tracksuit puppy. Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix. We have a special episode for you this week where we're going to break down and talk about the election. Last time we did this, it was titled Voter Die. <laughs> yeah. I think this time it might be titled Voter Get Killed. <laughs> but we'll just see what happens. <laughs> See, see we'll how just, this goes. We'll let it ride like a like a hot hand we'll in a dice with, game. <laughs> we'll play it by ear. Yeah. <laughs> how was your uh, My week was good. I actually uh, left town. I went to Portland. I went to Portland for about four days to go see some friends and you know try to uh, broaden the De La Photo photography brand and do things like that. Take took some portraits. Hung out. I haven't seen a bunch of friends in a long time, so it was good to go out there. And the weather was fantastic. The weather was fantastic. Beer was great. Um, all like my little usual stores I go for sneakers and things like that were a little closed. But, you know, till the next episode on that one. Nice. But every everybody like wore masks all the time, which was awesome. Everyone like stayed away from each other. Um, everything was very socially distanced everywhere you ate and they, they were doing the, the right thing. So it was good. Was there a lot of people out or what did it seem like less people were out and about from memory? It was like less people out. Cause I remember like even on a, on a Sunday morning, people didn't like start popping out until like one o'clock, two o'clock, like brunch time. But usually it's like busy all the time. And I got there like Friday I got there Friday about 11 o'clock and I just roamed downtown to kind of see the, the Friday work, how it is downtown, but everything was closed. Um, definitely everything like businesses were empty. You could tell where there was like, um, like CrossFit places, gyms on like the first floors of buildings and they're all empty. There's like nothing in there. They got rent signs up. So it's definitely, you see it everywhere uh, here in Reno and, and in Portland. San Francisco, where empty office buildings where people were working, now they're probably at home in their tracks. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how was how was your weekend, Sean? Uh, it was pretty chill. It was first fall weekend. It got cold, mm-hmm. so uh, we went to the drive-in and saw Tenet. Oh, I'm excited for which, that. Which uh, I'll talk about later because it was a good, it was a great movie. Um, yeah, besides that, chill, did some stuff around the house, like leaves falling, 
uh, compost is going good. Like I'm going about to start the second batch. So I had to, uh, uh, salutes to Megan for giving me some tips a while back, but uh, about to start the second batch of that. So got like my three stations all set up for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, shout out to Mike, he gave us some wood. So we're like, we're gonna work and finish a little projects over the, over the winter. Especially with yeah. all the, all the leaves, that definitely like doubles up your compost stock right there. Yeah, I mean, I got a thirty gallon uh, <laughs> trash can already full of leaves before this weekend, so <laughs> I'm gonna have my yard have to have my yard guy get rid of some of the leaves because I've already got too like, much enough forever. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, mom's been doing today. Actually, she's been like popping in every now and then i got to do some after this and i uh, help clean it up and finish it up but yeah leaves falling everywhere like yeah portland portland was like awesome with all the leaf changing and everything like that and it's always so green too so it's always a, always a plus nice well speaking of pluses mm -hmm. we have two special guests with us this week to help us break down the election and talk about the general mood among the masses. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have returning guest, Natalie Handler, who was with us on episode 10. And our first interview ever, back in the lost episodes, before we even published this, Megan O'Farrell. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Megan yeah. from episode 00. I forgot. It. I was going to say, I didn't even think that ever got aired, which is probably for the best. <laughs> only, the, only our closest people, like we shared that with I don't know, five or six people who back then who are like uh, testers. Mm -hmm. So they're the only ones that heard that interview, you know, our practice interview with you in the Honeycomb Hideout living room back in the day. Heck yeah. <laughs> Happy to be part of it. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was good. Just just think that was like three plus years ago now. Yeah, that was like three and a half years ago. That was a long time in the ago. the before times <laughs> when, when you could be in the <laughs> Back in the good old days. Yeah. The BC. <laughs> Before COVID. Yep. <laughs> I'm happy you picked up what I was putting down. Yes. Oh, Ali, this isn't our first rodeo. Yeah, yeah. It's actually our hundred and second one. <laughs> but, uh, before we get too too serious, we do have a question that we've been debating recently after it was pointed out that I do this a certain way. How do you guys eat your pancakes? Do you cut them up as you go or do you pre-cut them? Oh, well, I'm more of a waffle girl, but- um, Of course you are. I cut as I go. <laughs> I cut as I go. Yeah. I also cut as I go because I'm not baby? a toddler. <laughs> like, who? Wait, hold on, Sean. How do you eat your pancakes I before I start? You pre-cut? Yeah, so you can get like I pre-cut them and like mix them up so you can get syrup everywhere. Mm. Syrup. It's a scissor. Which is why you probably eat waffles instead, because then you just squirt syrup in every pocket and then you don't got that problem. Yeah, try yeah, waffles. Then you, get, then you get the sugars because you got so much. I don't use, you I don't use syrup either. <laughs> Caesar, how do you eat your pancake? Um, I, I cut as I go. Last time I shared my technique as well. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, you, you nice. want Sean, have you met other people who uh <laughs> cut before? That well besides Caesar, you're the you're the only like the fourth person we've asked besides <laughs> Caesar, my girlfriend, and our guest last week. So yeah, how does your girlfriend cut? She as as she goes. Yeah, so that's what that's like what a, I pointed out. Yeah. I did it weird. Problem with 
relationship at all? <laughs> was it a deal breaker? <laughs> no, she forgave me. She forgave it's me. It's like, look, Sean, if adult baby is your kink, that's fine. But I'm not going there. I ain't cutting them. Did she ever cut them for you? No, no, I'm a grown man. I can cut my pants. <laughs> what about cake? What about cake? No steak. Oh. oh. <laughs> I cut as I, I cut as I go. Okay. Okay. It's just pancakes. It's isolated to pancakes. Mm -hmm. Correct. I could see that. I mean, I feel like that's why the McGriddle was probably invented, right? Because people wanted ample syrup in their pancake, and so they're like, "How about we just inject it like a turkey, and then it's <laughs> yeah. every bite is loaded with syrup." Right. I'm yeah. glad you brought the McGriddle up, yeah. actually, because I was. Hoping we could then segue into the McRib. <laughs> <laughs> the McRib's, the McRib's coming back. Guess who ain't getting one? That's the real hero of 2020. If come back, it should be this year. The people need the McRib more than ever. Yeah, they should have started McRib in March. I haven't had a McRib since I was a kid. I don't know what they taste like. I bet they could get people to vote if they handed everyone a free McRib. Yeah. If they were like, listen. As part of our campaign to encourage voter turnout, one free McRib with every uh, ballot. Well, maybe we should make that promise right now. <laughs> Everyone in Washoe County that casts a vote, we will personally buy them a McRib oh, on McDonald's tab. <laughs> and by buy, we mean steal. There you go. That's the spirit. Oh, man. <laughs> to add, add to America's obesity. <laughs> if you vote, the McRib will be in your lap. My brother came up with a great idea. He was like, Trash food. Trash. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. We're not getting to, to, to get people to vote, though, uh, is everyone should get like a code when you vote and you put that code like in your devices and then no more political ads and no one bugs you about yes. voting us. Ooh, right? that's fantastic. That idea. Mm -hmm. You just like put it in your Google account or whatever and then it blocks all political ads. From you know, like your TV and, yeah. and your YouTube and wherever else people that would see. Be amazing. Was was it Shannon with this bright idea? <clears throat> of course, yes. Yeah, so it was. It was Shannon. Yeah. Are they? Are they making a? Are they making it? Are they getting going on that? Google, idea? do you hear us? <laughs> yeah, you're Skynet. listening. Skynet. Skynet. Yeah. Uh, no, because I got a I got a text message while I was in Portland, and I was a little sitting a little sideways, and I was like, "Yo, dog, I already voted." And then they were like, then they started replying to me. I was like, "Man, it's a real person, or it's just Skynet." But yeah, I was no, it's a real person because when you tell them you voted, then they're like, "Will you make sure to get three other people?" Yes, to that's vote? exactly what they said. I was like, "I didn't, I didn't." I was like, "I did my due diligence, due diligence, and bench pressed the block and the ballot." And yeah, then they started laughing. We had a quick little conversation as I was sitting sideways. I, I sent one of them. They were like, oh, like you should, uh, you should, are you going to vote for Alexis Hill? I was like, yeah. I'm like, she's like, oh, I went, like the person was like, I like, I'm a family friend, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I went to high school with her. I just interviewed her for a podcast. You should listen. And I sent them a fucking listen. Yeah. <laughs> and first curse. Dang. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> always always be marketing you know i'm like, happy it wasn't always me. be pushing the brand out there the political call no problem i mean we can't make friends at bars anymore so this is the only way we got to do <laughs> yeah. it is through randomized text messages mm -hmm. from bots that turn into real humans yeah yeah 
No, yeah, yeah. You always got to push the brand. I did that so many times in Portland, and probably three <laughs> three people listened to me. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I was lost in the sauce. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> like, I'm sitting here editing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should listen to it. Yes, exactly. Since you're such a fan of me. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, we digress. <laughs> nope. Keep going. I want to hear more. <laughs> how, how do you guys feel about the current state of affairs and the election mm-hmm. compared to 2016? Us guys, or this guy? You ladies. Okay. <laughs> Whew, that's a big question. We only got like uh, three hours, right? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. Let it ride. I mean, like, I don't feel better. I can tell you that much. I feel like there was a lot of anxiety around the 2016 election because we got this nut job coming in hard with some spray paint hair trying to tell us about all the things he wants to do that were terrifying enough. Mm. So now we've had four years of actually getting to sit and wallow in it. And I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, like all of our expectations have been met. I, I think that's the thing that has been the most challenging for me personally in this situation is after four years, people still buy into this garbage. <laughs> and it's, I, like, I, I have less empathy, I feel like, than I did before for people who just didn't maybe understand what they were getting into. And now people just drank the Kool-Aid. Went all, went all in. Let me yeah. give you some insight into how mm-hmm. like, past places have slipped into fascism and you know, followed crazy, idiotic leaders. Like, some people just want to be led. <laughs> some people no they need they need to be led that's the thing their mental structure yeah. is not strong enough to like make their own decisions yeah we haven't fortified our society with uh critical thinking skills that are necessary to like make the choices at hand but that's, and, and but that's, that's problematic. no that's part of the plan of the man is to you know keep us dumbed down and obese you know yeah yeah Idiocracy, we're living it. Remember when that movie came out and everyone was like, this is the stupidest movie. And then you watch it and you're like, wow, this was literally a blueprint for the world we're living in. It's like Nostra- they didn't Nostradamus. They just, they, they just follow the movie line. They're like, these guys will just do it. Yeah, it's not very imaginative, turns out. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be overlords, you could at least be a little more creative, you know? Give us something to work with. Yeah, I know, like... I, I always thought like an overlord would be an evil gen- genius, not a bumbling <laughs> moron. Right. But actually, the people behind them are the are the geniuses because they want to stay bad boys, move in silence. You know. Yeah. yeah. That guy. Why, so, that, why, why is that guy your puppet? He's because he's horrifying it, and grotesque in every way. It's an easy puppet. look. They, now he's nobody's puppet. That's that's something gone. That's a that's an experiment and a problem gone wrong. That's <laughs> That's someone's monster escaped. Like, what if we that's like him... every every movie you see when the the bad guy like tries to control the thing and it it backfires on them. That, that's what that is. Uh, yeah, that's let's, true. Let's see this monster in real life. Hmm. Yeah. So you guys are so you're saying your outlook's a bit more negative. <laughs> yeah, but also it's it's maybe a good thing that we're at a boiling point even though it comes at a cost for many people and a lot more suffering but this boiling point like we had to get there at some point right i mean the government's been trashed for and our systems and institutions have been trashed for ever and so like what is gonna bring about change it's gonna be uncomfortable ugly disgusting situations that we find ourselves in 
that will allow us to wake up and face it and then get to work to do something about it. So while, yeah, it's disheartening and dark, very dark and, and hard to find ways to survive through it mentally, you know, relationship wise with family and friends and people you work with and associate with, you have to do it. And it's about fucking time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if Hillary had won, I was thinking it would have been like having cancer, then like getting like a false, like a, a false oh. negative, <laughs> and then with her, with, her, with her losing, it's like, oh shit, you just had a seizure and fell down in front of all your friends at Christmas time, <laughs> and everyone knows something's wrong. So like, you got to do something about it at this point. You can't ignore it anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Like that's where we're at. Yeah. yeah we can't. And, and do you and those hands probably wouldn't have been forced otherwise right because like this isn't mm. new narratives by any means but it definitely is a new experience for a lot of people in a way that i don't think would have come out you know because i think part of human nature is that we learn things the hard way you know like we see the right things and then we're just like no nah, i'm gonna go the other direction i'm gonna do the bad one so <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Some people get uncomfortable you know it, like some people aren't gonna get out of their comfort zones until they're forced out by something else yeah we need that extreme sometimes so yeah yeah the the unfortunate part of that though is that it hasn't been a level playing field so the people that have been suffering this whole time are only going to have to suffer more until the people that haven't suffered enough <laughs> catch up to a level of suffering that makes them uncomfortable and that's horrifying for a big swath of people and i'm not okay with that yeah so some people would even say that some of those people who suffer a lot might have to help the other people realize how much suffering is going on some <laughs> might say <laughs> yeah because the people that are privileged do not have to suffer that much have no fucking clue <laughs> they can turn the tv right off and then they're very t- taking a long time to get caught up mm-hmm. come around to it exactly yeah thanks people are just a little slow learners even though it's right in front of their face they just got to open their eyes mm-hmm. <laughs> so, slap the sh- them right in the face <laughs> i almost did it i almost cursed Look at you! It's so much. I caught self- it before it fell out. <laughs> you're you're the perfect model of self control and restraint. <laughs> well, I have a, a change jar next to me, and I have to put quarters in it every time I uh, curse. And I have a apartment building that requires quarters, and they're valuable, especially in this change shortage here. So I can't mess around with it. <laughs> change shortage. I haven't um, I haven't looked into that. Do you guys know anything about that? Yeah, the same people are that. hoarding tickets for their buttholes are also hoarding all the quarters for some reason <laughs> apparently they're uh, invaluable <laughs> tools in the new world tickets order for their buttholes <laughs> yeah you know toilet paper? I'm, I'm not familiar with the the quarter hoarding mm-hmm. problem really whoa yeah it's real there's like stores i think this was might have just been a little bit of a scam for convenience stores like maverick to get you to round up your change so that you didn't actually, so you're like paying them to buy things from them because they were just say exact change or card only. And like most places they'll be like, oh, we'll round up your change and donate it to charity. And Maverick was like, no, you could just pay us that extra money. Yeah, there's definitely some conspiracy there. And I'm wondering why no one's talking about it. Oh, I'm sure someone's talking about it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sure no, lots of people. I I've right seen, people. That's the thing. I've seen the tip of the iceberg and I just didn't, I just didn't go explore it. I, I've seen little bits and pieces here and people yeah. talking about it. I'm like, you know, I don't have time to go down that, that wormhole right now. Yeah. 
Like, there's that enough stuff you know, to worry about. Yeah. True. No deep dives. You got to swipe left on that one instead of right. <laughs> can, you guys de- can you guys describe how your engagement with the political process has evolved over time to get where you are here? Um, how has it evolved? Well, I'm not really sure. I definitely like, as I get older and more in tune with the powers that be, um, because it's disturbing and I'm the type of person that wants to know as much as I can about the disturbing stuff. Uh, but it's all also so overwhelming that and daunting and like not interesting or about solving actual problems that I'm interested in solving. So I lose a lot of uh, attention for it. But um, I think locally, I've definitely been more uh, like signing myself up to make public comments about things that are on the agenda for city council meetings and things like that. So I'm more in um, touch with our actual like city council members and I do talk to them you know, in-person correspondence, email, uh, text, phone calls, and things like that, um, which I definitely wasn't doing, um, you know, a few years back. Um, So that's been interesting, and it doesn't seem to necessarily open up more doors in the right direction other than my own um, desire to go deeper into, like, what I need to be accountable for and what I want to inspire other people in the community to be accountable for, um, because I just feel government and politics are so inadequate, inefficient in doing their jobs. So like after a while, I just can't participate and have that energy drawn for me. But voting is very important and we're all gonna do that and it's the very least we can do. So I just try to stay engaged in that way so I can make the right decision. How about you, Megan? Mm-hmm. Uh, I sleep less and I drink a whole lot more. I will tell you that. Much. <laughs> uh, I I would say, in my personal experience, uh, a lot of my voting history was extremely uninformed, and I feel like I was participating in it because it felt like the right thing to do. But I didn't, you know. A lot of times when I would get to situations where it came time to vote, I didn't know anything about the candidates. I didn't know. I, didn't, I couldn't really figure out any background information. And so I felt like I was kind of walking into the polls really blindly. And, you know, for anyone that knows me, like I don't like participating in serious things that I don't understand or at least try to understand. And so I think for me, the evolution has been really sitting down and trying to do the work to understand these positions. Like I have learned more about our uh, democracy I'm using air quotes uh, it you know than I ever did in like government class you know like I had an entire class dedicated to in high school that I couldn't tell you anything about but like I've actually spent time trying to understand different roles of our government and different positions and 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 moving away from the focus of national uh, elections to more local things and, and putting a lot more of my energy into the things that I feel like really directly affect me and I know that that also comes from a really strict place of privilege too because like a lot of the decisions that happen at a national level don't directly affect me to be honest and that's not an excuse to not participate in them but they are not changing my life in any drastic ways whereas i feel like national or local 
level uh, politics really does have impacts on my direct community, even if they may not affect me directly, they will directly affect people around me. And so I think I've put a lot more energy into trying to participate in local politics a little bit more. Um, I still think that there is a world of misinformation or lack of information out there in terms of a lot of these things do. And one of the things I've really just been honing in on over the years is trying to figure out how we can build coalitions to really break some of this up and to make it accessible because like, I, I think, you know, when I try to encourage people to vote and I can't give them a really good reason why, except for you should just do it. You know, I think that it's really important to have that education behind you to say, well, here's why, because just because it may not directly affect you, there are thousands of communities that are impacted by these decisions that don't have a say and don't get to participate. And and, and building my, my understanding of these things helps me have conversations with people who feel really disenfranchised so that we can look at local elections or we can look at elections from a point of starting, but that that's not the end of the conversation. And that these are ways that we can help, we can start directing the ways that we want things to change. But you know, what we really need to be focusing on is how we are engaging in our communities actively and not just through political systems, because you know, it, I, I have lived in a bubble for a very long time that these systems are here to protect us and save us, and they are not. Like, I, I at least find comfort now in understanding my position and my place in life, that these systems are not here designed to protect us. And so with that knowledge, I feel empowered. That could be a really big source of disempowerment, but I find it extremely empowering because now I know where the work needs to be done. And I don't need to put my energy, I will participate in electoral practices because I do believe in democracy, but that's not, that. that's the minimum of yeah. what I am participating in. And, mm -hmm. and I'm focusing my energy on how I can input myself into my community in a tangible way and help provide the access that I have to resources and use my privilege to really build and support my community in a hands-on direct action way and not through political avenues. Well, I think, you know, people always say the, the way to get engaged, people engaged is to, you know, start at the local level, start in your community, because that's where you, like, I, I saw a great quote. I was watching uh, Dave Chappelle yesterday or the other day, and he said, you know, you can't change the world, but you can make your corner of it a little nicer. Yeah. And that's where it has to start. And, you know, like getting engaged at the local level is really easy. Once you start meeting these people, you realize that they're not special. Like <laughs> they're just people who maybe one day got frustrated like you, hopefully. And some mm -hmm. of them maybe are there for other reasons, you know, not the best reasons, but it lowers that barrier. It's, it's, you know, it's hard when you see like someone who's president on TV and think like, what does that have to do with me? But when you go to a city council meeting or a neighborhood advisory meeting or one of these things and that person's, you know, walking in from work or having the same problems you are, it makes it more, you know, tangible and you see how the things work and you see that how they could work. I think is the important part too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they are very much not special or overqualified in some way that many of the people I know and interact with on a daily basis in this community, you know. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I, can do I'm a better shocked at their lack of general abilities and qualifications. And so it's so it's vote and then get to work organizing and engaging people for the next election in four years of who we can put in those seats 
that align more with our values and principles and will actually do a better job and are there for public service for the betterment of the community, not for a job, just a job that they don't really aren't passionate about or aren't holding themselves accountable for, you know? Well, I think so, the problem with this is that people take democracy for granted. They don't understand how revolutionary it was and how it comes from, you know, you know, back in Greek with Greece, when they started this, it was like every man, you know, they would have meetings to decide how things are going to go in the city or the community. And every man got a stone and you would place your stone in whatever thing to vote on things. And that's how, like after sitting there and debating for hours at a time. And that's how things started. Like, obviously that's a direct democracy, but that's, you know, where our system is evolved from. But those people were super engaged in what was going on. And right. they were involved in discussing the, the issues and then, you know, finally put their say in and then worked from there. And I think people here too, like, you know, too much are just, oh, I go vote and that's all I have to do. I don't have to pay attention. Yeah. And they rely on that, you know, their parents or their political party or whoever <laughs> to tell them what to think and, and what to do. And they're not really engaged. So I think, you know, it has to start with voting that's like like Megan you said that's you know that's I can remember the first time I voted you know like 20 years old and sitting there and like wait a minute I don't know about all this other stuff on the ballot you know like I have no idea what all this other stuff is mm -hmm. yeah right but yeah. that and that's I the feel, stuff that affects you more right and I still feel that way like it's really crazy to think about that even now with as much more engagement that I have put into it that I still feel like when I go and read over, you know, like the other day, I, my roommate and I were sitting down and talking about all of the questions and really trying to understand the sample ballot. And, you know, there's still whole swaths of it that I still don't even understand and feel really inaccessible. And so it feels crazy to even think that even in the time frame, like I think 2008 might have been the first time I ever voted. I still haven't learned enough, you know, that this is not, because it's not even like every election you can spend that time focusing on those topics, but it's like, there are bigger topics besides these mm. seasonal four-year periods or these, you know, two-year swaths of time that we really have to be engaging in. Like, what do some of these jobs do? What is a comptroller? You know what I mean? Like, like some of these really basic questions, like what are these jobs? What power do these people have? You know, when I listen in on city council meetings and I hear people engaging with city council members and, and asking them to do things. And one of the main arguments I feel like they always use, which is stupid, but works is, well, that's not our job. And that's true, maybe to a degree, but I feel like there are ways that we can hold, you know, people accountable for the jobs that they do do if we understand what their jobs are, right? I mean, and like even that basis. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, we didn't know what a county commissioner did till we had someone running for it mm -hmm. on, you know, so we had on last week and I was like, hey, like, I, I mean, I have a vague idea what they do. But she's like, they have more power about, you know, what affects us than the city council does. They're mm -hmm. making decisions that affect the whole county and other people have to abide by. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's 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 not crazy. Like this is mm -hmm. the way things are, like for a reason. Like yeah. the less people know about it, the less people you have to worry about trying to to do it and it makes it easier to control. Yeah. And like voting is in like it's different in every state, you know, it's a little different in like the counties as well. There's like a whole YouTube page that has like how to vote in every single state. Cause it's so different. Like, why can't it just be pretty, you know, we're all the United States, right? Why can't it be like kind of like similarly all the way through? 
and like even the county have like a website specifically up be like this is the job this is who's running and have these people on there with you know like this person vote will like this on this subject and things like that but there's you got to search you got to dig yourself and that's how everything is including figuring out what the hell your insurance you're paying for does for you and does mm -hmm. not do for you like everything everything that's important they make it really difficult to understand mm -hmm. or get answers to or talk to a human being about and have a connection with you know it's yeah. a lot of it everything feels very out of our hands when what all these institutions should ultimately be doing or what we want them to do is to care for us so that everyone is covered their basic needs are covered mm -hmm. but everyone's basic <clears throat> needs are not covered and that's where we're at right now we have problems and we need to change that well we are we're sitting here and we're going to discuss the things <laughs> for you listeners and try and help you come to some conclusions. So are there any local races you guys are excited about, or candidates you're excited about that are running that you want to talk about? Not or me. You know I wouldn't say excited. Yeah, that's not the word I would use either. <laughs> or what about worried? Um, worried. I put my ballot in the mail, I put my ballot in the mail um, a week and a half, maybe two, going on two weeks um, already, and then I stopped thinking about it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's no one that I out there that's doing like a fabulous job or is very inspiring. Um, it seems like everything I've seen across the board, as far as all the voter guides or people that I know that put up their own personal, um, how to's or whatever, uh, seem to be saying the same thing and picking the same people for similar reasons. Um, yeah, I'm not super inspired, but I did it. It's, it's in the box. <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Are you excited? I mean, you obviously, excited we know. <laughs> I've worked with Alexis for a while with the city, so I'm excited to see her getting more involved. She cares about yeah. arts and, Absolutely. Uh, you know, like we talked to her and she's like wanted to do it since she was a little kid, like kid and <laughs> yes. that didn't have yeah. sidewalks in her neighborhood. And that's how she got involved in politics is about you know, like an issue that affected her, but yeah, I worked with her before on projects and she's awesome. I could say that she's very easy to work with and, you know, present and um, passionate about her work. I, I didn't have the um, ability to vote for her because of, you know, my, wherever my right. address yeah. is. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm actually County. Um, so I didn't get to vote for any city, the wards, the city council wards. Um, and Alexis wasn't on my ballot. Uh, yeah, for, uh, a few things, but yeah. So you don't even get to vote for the at-large? Uh, no. Mm -mm. Huh. I would have, I, I, when I um, moved last year, it put me in a, I was going to be like floating around for a while. So I um, have an address, you know, um, that is in the county or in the, yeah, county not in the city. And it's weird because like, it's totally in the city. I don't understand why it's not hmm. in this. Like, Again, in the maybe city. this is disenfranchisement in action, right? Exactly. Now. <laughs> like, you, that, like that should be easy for you to know. Like yeah. why right. isn't that? Yeah, right. I have no clue. Cause it's very much in the city and I live um. in the city, but whatever. Um, yep. So but I kind of like sticking in that. Um, it's actually my parents address, the house I grew up in. And it's kind of, it used to be rural, 
um, Reno. It's um, South Virginia area. It's not even as far as DeMonte Ranch. It's not even that South, but it's still like kind of old ranch um, area. And there's definitely a lot of um, right leaning people in that zone. So I kind of like being a voter in that zone because <laughs> you know, I'm one of the few, well, it's, it's definitely skewing now. Like I think in the last 10 years, there's been a lot young, a lot more younger people and more like what's that? It is this weird spot of town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's still kind of rural, you know, pasture cattle and stuff running around, but it's, <laughs> yeah. Very smack dab then next to a Winco. Winco. I was like, it's right next to Winco. <laughs> it's like literally like 30, it's like, I feel like it's like 50 yards off of Virginia Street. Like, yeah, it is. You turn know, on Virginia Street yeah. and then it's just like behind some trees. You're like, wow, this is. Yeah, because Holcomb Ranch Road, which is the one road off Virginia that's one block up, used to be the city limits. Mm. And that was oh. a long time ago, and it still hasn't changed. But it has. I think the zoning goes around and south to Damani because Damani Ranch is definitely yeah. a board, right? I don't yeah. know. I think they are. It might be so a, like a population thing, like, like a is. population in that zone. If it's still not enough, it's just a rule. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But well, uh, should, should we start from the top and work our way down? Sure. Yeah, I want to hear what you guys think about all this. Get my ballot. Hold on. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I voted for Biden. <laughs> yes. Yeah, obviously. Dude, yeah. Uh, so I have some friends that live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and their ballot has still has Kanye West on it. In yeah. Salt Lake? Yeah, I saw it. It was like Utah, Wisconsin, a couple other states had Kanye West on the ballot. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, this is very you know, you know the story behind that. We talked about it, but uh, like some Republican tied groups, like without his full knowledge, w like hired lawyers and like fought to get him on the ballot in some states really? to try and get the black vote down for Biden in those states. Yeah, I believe it. There's always dirty, a master dirty. plan. Mm -hmm. Master plan. Yeah. What a wacky plan, too. I mean, that's getting creative. Before I said that they weren't creative, and like I'm going to take that back. That's pretty creative to put Kanye in a, these, on a ballot. These, these people are diabolically up. creative, especially <laughs> especially it's when so at, whack. At, whack. yeah, especially at the end of the day when it's about their money. You know, they yeah. they'll get they'll do anything and everything to not help everybody else and not, you know, and just help only help themselves. You're seeing it right now with the lawsuits against Clark County for the, like it's. They are the most creative when it comes to getting and disenfranchising people and getting their way with power. And speaking of that, I hate Mark Amaday. Right. <laughs> here, here. So hopefully you guys vote for people out there, vote for Patricia Ackerman. Yeah, Amaday has refused to, he refused to show up for, for like a forum. Right, I saw that. It was because of COVID. But he definitely was at the Trump rally literally the day before with no mask on posing with people. Yeah, because he caught COVID, so he probably couldn't come. Well, yeah, he's a he's a slime. He's mm -hmm. no good. Not even worth talking about. Yeah. Next. And the, 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 <laughs> I mean, the good thing is he's the only Republican uh, that's that represents the state of Nevada nationally. 
Oh, yeah, because they're all Democrats, because it's mm. uh, Cortez Masto and uh, Rosin, right? Uh, those are our senators, and then, then uh, our House reps are all, and it's because it's all of Northern Nevada, so basically people in the rurals outvote Reno and Sparks, or mostly Reno. Yeah. But uh, maybe that can change. I, 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 have my, I doubt it. I guess three out of four isn't bad when it comes to it's a step our in the, house representatives. Step in the right direction. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's the right direction. Mm-hmm. Well, then we, we, just can, we don't have to listen to a stupid ads on the radio anymore where it's like a minute with Mark or whatever the hell they are. How about that knife fight in Cleveland, huh? <laughs> that sure was nasty. Talk about your weird drunk uncle. Like every time I hear those, I'm always like, what is he doing? Why do they keep giving that guy a microphone to just like, let me bend your ear for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Like it's not 1960. Mm. People also, like, let's be talking, walking around COVID stuff when you absolutely have the ability to help influence how it's being handled in our state. But like, okay. That guy's just in a safe seat and doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. It's not his Which is job. Like he gets drunk and does radio <laughs> commercials. I approve this message because I wrote it. Yeah, I approve everything I say. <laughs> That's Don't what I say after all of my rants, too. I approve this message. <laughs> you gotta... Right? Yeah. It's like laughing at your own jokes. It never gets old. Or liking your own post on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> You thirsty people we out there. We see you, Mark. We see you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah Peters is running. She's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Unopposed. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. She's District 24 for the State Assembly for you voters out there. So make sure. I mean, she she's the only one running. So it's like all of Midtown and, and, West, and West Reno. I feel, I mean, like, I'd love to know your opinion as well, too, but I feel really weird voting in situations where there is no one running against them and there's no, like, it doesn't feel like voting to me. It's like, well, this is the choice because even if one person checks the box, that person wins. So it feels weird to me that we have a lot, you know, if that's what Nat and I were talking about earlier, too, is like a lot of uncontested seats in a lot of the, our ballots that it feels weird, like it's it's not a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in her case, it's because there's no Republicans in Midtown. But yeah. um, with the judges, which I, I've discovered, I you have to uh, you have to look and see who's funding their campaigns. A lot of these judges are being funded by these Republican, super conservative Republican PACs, super PACs, that to to get them on you know the ballot because they have this agenda they're pushing, and that's what you're seeing. That's what the Republicans have done this whole administration from the local level all the way to the federal level is just push forward all of these judges. And, you know, like it's it's tough to see because they're they're supposed to be nonpartisan positions, but in many cases, they're not. When do we talk about burning it down? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, go on. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know if now is the time to talk about the judge stuff, but I think it would be cool if, uh, since you have sounds like some resources in terms of how people can look up who's funding things, because that's one of the things I think is also such garbage about how this system works is like we don't have access to even knowing what the starting points are for researching someone. And when they say things like, oh, well, we're nonpartisan, it's like, yeah, you still have opinions. 
you don't have to participate in politics to have opinions about things. And I want to know what your opinions are because that helps me understand a little bit about your character. So when you're making decisions that could have potentially put people in prison, I want to know how you would affect it, you know? Well, the yeah, problem with that is we can't research it. Huh? We can't research it. Yeah, but what's what's like a where do you go and find the the public like log of how they've you have to rely on reporting like i know this because the nevada independent and uh some other newspapers in the state saw that some like some of these people running for judge have been <clears throat> funded by some of the casino owners because the judge they're running against ruled against these casinos <laughs> oh the plot thickens which is literally <laughs> like an example i would give of corruption in my eighth grade history class right <laughs> Oh, the future, man. Right? Yeah, I would really love to see some more energy put into, like, big shout out to Action for putting on these new norm forums, because I feel like they are really trying to take, I don't want to say take people to task, but are taking people to task and really just trying to understand what people's perspectives are on really important issues. But I feel like that's like a tiny, tiny drop in the bucket in terms of information that we need about these people that are running for really important positions. And like, I would love to see, and maybe it's out there and maybe I just don't have access to those resources presently. And I would love any feedback from anyone who wants to provide it, but I would love to see more things like what Action is doing where we're, we're having forums. Like not only can people run uncontested, they can run without having to have a say about anything. They don't even have to have pictures of themselves up. So like, I feel like we're in a Simpsons episode a lot of times when I'm trying to research things where it's like, you could be an alien for all I know. I have no idea who this person is outside of trying to track them down on Facebook, <laughs> which feels like a really weird way to participate in our politics. Yeah. But if that's the mechanism, fine, but we need to have access to this information to make educated decisions. And I think that there, you know, even if you say you're nonpartisan, you should have to answer some questions about things. Because again, even if you don't want to say I'm Republican or I'm Democrat or I'm anywhere in between, you should have some opinions about how certain scenarios and situations would pan out and how you would make decisions on them. Yeah. But also part of that is going to be after the election is done, we then have to hold everyone accountable that's in those elected seats. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly. another thing that we really need to be proactive about and like power to the people is go and hold them accountable. You know, don't wait till it's the next election cycle to get back on top of it and throw out a voter guide. It's not enough anymore. And we, because we are thirsty for knowledge about what's going on and how the government works and who these people are, we need to start engaging more in that. And like I said before, I become a little bit more um, proactive in my own way to talk to these people and make public comment at city council meetings and stuff like that. And it is very much an energy drain. And it, that's like overwhelming and hard when you're just trying to do everything else in your day-to-day -day life to also engage in that. But it's still something that we have to continue to do. It's important. It's just as important as voting. It's just as important as living and breathing our values and principles every day of our life. And eventually, either we push the envelope or we burn it down. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs>
<laughs> what else? Next. <laughs> next question. Next answer. Burn it down. <laughs> hard hitters. Hard hitters. And when I say burn it down, it's very much with uh, building it up new and better. But literally right behind, burning it down. Right behind that. So that's also things I want to start talking about after this election is like, what is the world we want to live in? What is it that we imagine that we want society to be about? What are the basic needs that everyone should have met? And how are we going to make that happen? Like very much more um, solution-driven conversations rather than just bitching and moaning and being angry. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being just angry. I want to be angry and like solving some problems. Yeah, because like, like Sean says too, it's like how some people – think they're gonna go on the inside and change it from the inside out sean's just like you gotta just like go back to square one and just build yeah. it build it from there when the foundation is not good in the house you can't build on top of that it's just gonna crumble back again right right i heard another good example of that the other day too where i was talking about you buy a bunch of apples and then you get them home and they're all rotten. You don't try to make them fresh again. You just get new apples. Like you don't like, you know, this idea of, of reformation is really challenging to me because it's like, you can't fix a system that's designed to be broken. We don't need to keep trying to come up with ways to make a bad system better we need to start over, you know, we're using antiquated systems to try to govern our modern lives and it isn't working for anyone. Like even the people I feel like I will say who are so gung ho on this idea that Trump is making America great again. It's like, you're not out of the water. I don't know who you <laughs> think you are. Like this idea of like, these are all billionaires just waiting to happen is a joke. It's like, I saw this meme recently that I feel like is a motto I live by regularly, which it says, you're not a capitalist, you're being exploited for your labor and you have Stockholm syndrome. And I feel like that resonates with me so much because it's like, we are all being torched. We're all being punished in this situation. It's just the tangible results of it are very different for certain people. And obviously, like Nat said earlier, it's like the equity in it is very, very skewed and there are serious serious consequences for people who are at the bottom of these systems but it's like no one's winning why what other well, i mean some people are winning like, sure, like there no one what about the spiritual like we don't talk enough about spiritual like winning <laughs> you know <laughs> the thing we and i don't want to get too you know woo woo or anything but like <laughs> our spirit none of no one in this country's spirit is winning even people with like the top one percent or whatever because well i would gonna... say though the people at the bottom who are fighting their spirits are fine absolutely mm -hmm. and those are the people that i look to for leadership in a spiritual powerful like you know people that have gone through some shit know about it they know so much more they have that intelligence they have maturity white people do not have the maturity that people of color have because they haven't gone through real shit that makes humans develop you know the necessary things to survive and thrive not just survive but thrive and have joy and have like a full whole spirit whether you you know you're trying to heal or not like yeah there's a lot of immaturity in this country and those people for some reason are on a higher rung of the ladder and it's like time to fucking pull that ladder down because it's making everyone sick and it's dangerous 
Well, you know, it's it has it. In a, here's a thing, though. <laughs> it is in some ways better than ever. Yeah, sure. So I, I think we're, we're a little uh, cynical. We're in. We told you. We told you. Yeah, no. I mean, there's there's so That's much the it is, this conversation. It is better than ever for a lot of people, and yeah. and it's because people have been doing this work, and you know, it's it's a struggle, but we're just the latest people to carry on, you know, the struggle, and yeah, you've got to keep sure. moving forward. You know, it's it's get, it gets disheartening sometimes, like it said now. But I think that's why I liked, you know, Obama for all of his flaws. Like when he gave his speech, it was uplifting because he pointed out he was like, you know, sixty years ago things were much worse than they are now. A hundred years ago things were much worse than they are now. hundred fifty years ago, so it's not like things are not improving. It's just that the battle is more in the forefront, and we see the work that needs to be done maybe more often than we do some other times where the the these battles are always being fought it's just more people are fighting them now because it's there's more to be done and i think you know the current political climate i think is it's good that that's happened that the whole generation of of young people is engaged in voting like they never have in the history of this country so people regular people like us are having discussions like this and, and sharing it so it's right you know like you can't you can't evolve without struggle right and Absolutely. the country has to go through this and we're yeah. all it just happens to be happening while we're alive and, and <laughs> here to see it right yeah. and i think it's important for us to kind of showcase some of these things too you know because i think you know we live in a world where we glamorize the wins and we glamorize all of the positive things. And I think it's really important for us to also really touch on like how challenging and crappy things are. And like when we are feeling these spaces where we, you know, we recognize that we're participating in systems that we're not really proud of or want to participate in, but we, we use that as a tool to feel those feelings and then keep moving on, right? And so I feel like, you know, the other day when we met you in the park and we had that discussion, it's like, yeah, we were yelling about some stuff and we're definitely getting down on things, but like, we gotta talk about that stuff. We have to we have to remind ourselves that like the human part of this situation is, is that it is a struggle and that it is hard and that you can talk about those things and you let it out and then you get back up and you keep doing the work. And like, I, I feel like the conversations that I have that are the most, disheartening and empowering all in the same time as the ones that show me that things are hard but that like we just keep going you know and that we just keep persevering through things in a way that um not having those conversations i think really glamorizes or or doesn't do justice to the story i guess is what i would say and i think it's really good to have a rounded idea of the ups and the downs of these situations, you know, because I think a lot of times when when people look to folks as community leaders, they assume that they're always just striving and, and thriving, you know, and I think it's really important for us uh, to recognize not that I'm saying we're community leaders, but I do feel like we try our best to really put ourselves in positions to to participate in educated conversations and and to be builders of our community because we support and love each other that we also have to recognize that it's hard and that you know there's a lot of things coming at people from a lot of different directions and we should be approaching them from these human perspectives that include the bad things yeah and also take time to take a break like totally. sometimes you know sometimes you gotta recognize when 
you've been going too hard in the paint and you gotta you gotta <laughs> take your your foot off the pedal mm -hmm. and sometimes and, and you know self-care or whatever you need to do to recharge that, that's just equally important too and i think something to keep in mind because I, I feel like a lot of people are especially right now with everything yeah. pretty stressed out like some days i literally fantasize about burning it down but you know <laughs> Then I finish my lunch and, and go back to work. <laughs> yeah. You have your Snickers diva moment and move on. Sean, <laughs> you get revolutionary when you're hungry. How yeah. does Snickers. Here's this king size Snickers. I'm more of a Danny DeVito myself. <laughs> uh. Uh. Well, back back to the ballots mm -hmm. yeah how did you guys vote on the questions um, i voted yes all the way down the yeah line. i think that's what it was too mm -hmm. it's there's five questions it, yeah. right but it's like there's no fifth question yeah what yeah what's the dealio with that what happened to question number five? Oh, it is number five no. This, this part, this part, left blank on purpose or something. Why? This intentionally left blank. Mm -hmm. but why? Maybe there was originally a fifth question and got taken off the ballot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Is that it was on and that it it got removed or something happened with that question and they're not going to pursue it and maybe we'll see it again later. It'd be interesting to know if yeah. there was a question five and what it was. Huh. But yeah, I, I voted yes on all of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think mm -hmm. the important one was the Constitution one with. You know, making sure yeah. everyone's right to marriage is yes, ingrained in like mm -hmm. the constitution. Yeah, the fifth question could have been putting Kanye on the ballot. <laughs> like, they were like, we? "We're not giving the badges that option." <laughs> uh, I voted no on question one, and I voted yes on all the others. What was question one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, read it. Uh, it was to amend the constitution uh, about the border regents. That was one I saw a lot of mixed arguments. We talked about that. You yeah, shared the yeah. document with the, the people who worked at the university about that. And that was the, yeah, one of the only ones I saw and a lot of disagreement on. Yeah. But it's, and I think it's one of those also that the I think the effects are more speculative than, than will actually happen. It's more like the, like worst case or best case scenario, what could possibly happen. Mm -hmm. I think in real reality, it probably won't affect things much either way, especially if you're not involved in the university system. I think so. Uh, my roommate and I sat down with that question and spent a good amount of time on it. And I think the, the conclusion that we came to was that um, the legislature is the governing body that would be deciding the Board of Regents, and that is also an elected position, and our legislature, for my lack of knowledge, is, I, I, I don't know how effective our legislature is in terms of making really poignant decisions on those kinds of things, and so I didn't feel comfortable having them be the ones picking the Board of Regents. Like, I think the more we remove the election from the public, the more it makes me nervous. And so that was kind of how I was approaching that one was that that one was no longer gonna be voted on by the general population. It was only going to be picked by the Nevada legislature. And I feel like the more you remove the opportunities for the general public to participate, the less actual 
say we have in them. And I, and this isn't to say that I feel like the Board of Regents doesn't have too much control and is not doing things right. Like as a former UNR student who graduated from UNR, I have a lot of thorns in my side <laughs> about how things have been done with higher education and NCHI in Nevada in general. And so I can speak to it from a personal basis as a, as a person who went through the university and the community colleges here in Nevada. Um, but I just felt like uh, we, I was hoping that there would be other opportunities for us to actually hold them accountable without having it being decided by the legislature is, is what we eventually came to was that I still wanted to be able to vote on those people as a constituent in my community and that I wanna be able to hold them accountable in ways similarly as we do to city council, even if it doesn't always feel like it works, it felt more approachable to me than if we handed it over to the legislature and just allowed them to make decisions for us when they are constantly changing and have different ideologies all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally see I that see point. That. Speaking of city council, who did you guys vote for for city council? None. Well, I voted for at large Devin Reese hesitantly. So Eddie Lorton is- But because I don't want Eddie Lorton. It's not because yeah, I really want Devin Reese, it's mm -hmm. because I don't want Eddie Lorton. Yeah, I didn't get to vote, but on any council, because I'm not in a ward, but um, I would vote for Devin Reese, uh, Jenny Breakfast. We call her Jenny Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Rudy Leon is interesting to me, um, although Oscar Delgado has been my political crush in years past. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it's not. He, yeah. uh, I feel like he's not like really doing it. And I, and I like, I, from what I've seen from Rudy Leon, um, she is the only one that I've seen on any of the like, uh, debates or whatever their forums, um, where she could speak to black lives matter or police reform slash defunding or things like this. No city council member or anyone running for city council has been able to speak to those in an intelligible way, whether they are for it or against it, they can't even really like go there unless they're mimicking something that they just heard because they're like, oh shit, someone just mentioned that I should talk about that. So I'm gonna talk about it. But like, you know, those are things that are important to me and that I wanna hear more about. So really no, I, I, kind of interesting we, in that we, we specifically talked about that race because mm -hmm. I, we both know Oscar. Yeah, and we've dealt with him. I, yeah. you know, I've met with him. Natalie, we worked with him, yeah. but I just felt Rudy was the one that was more willing to take risks and and uh, take a controversial right. stance yep. for something. Yeah, and yep. that was. And, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not really um, that interested in any of the city council uh, candidates. No one is really. It's just kind of like, oh, this one's a little bit better because they're not racist <laughs> or whatever, you know, like, or because they're not like a real estate developer, broker, uh, you know, we don't need more of those people. Um, Jenny, I have some, I take some issues with, but she does uh, respond. She, I would say works hard and she's the one person that always is like uh, asking questions and not just going with the flow on that's, city council. She knows exactly. a lot that's, about city planning. That's like why that. I like and that, her. that matters to me that at least she's created conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate her in that way. But like on 
some of the uh, unsheltered residents issues, homeless people, like all that kind of stuff. She's um, definitely uh, disturbed me with some of that. So we'll definitely just keep plugging away and talking to her about those things and um, all of them, all of city council, because they're really lacking in um, doing an effective, efficient, compassionate job with uh, our unsheltered population. Most people obviously need our attention and our care and yeah so those that's kind of something that matters to me currently um i don't know who else was on there so i'm in ward five and in my ward it's neoma jardin and darla fink were my options and to be honest i didn't vote for either of them i listened mm -hmm. on actions forum neoma was nowhere to be found which i feel like is a pretty strong stoop for most of our city council people in any of these really important times right now is really getting people to come to the table and like nat said i do feel like jenny breakfast does do the diligence i'll give her the accolade that she will show up but I am not always impressed with the answers. And I feel like there's a lot of disconnect between these people and our actual community, you know, like I've sat in on several city council meetings where the community is at large pouring in about the things that they want to have happen. And then in that same meeting, I listened to them unanimously vote on continuing to yeah. fund the police and give them more money and do these things that they just listen to 30 callers say, you know, and I know that's a, a snippet of our community, but you know, it doesn't even feel like you're even listening at that point. And so um, when I watched the action forum with Darla, I felt like some of her answers were really crappy. Like, I, I feel like when they addressed things about racial equity and police brutality, the answer she could say is, well, in my experience, I've never had a bad time with the cops. And it's like, you're okay, well, that's woman. not the point. Like, you, you, this isn't about your experiences with police. This is about your community's experiences with police. And if you don't understand that, then say that. Like, you don't have to say, I haven't had bad experience. You say, I don't understand the experiences that the people in the community have had with the police, but I'm gonna go find out. I'm gonna go have a town hall, or I'm gonna host a forum. And I'm gonna talk to people in the ward and the communities that I work in and wanna represent. And I'm gonna ask these questions and I'm gonna find out what the situations are so that I'm actually being representative of my community. And I feel like that doesn't yeah. happen. And then on the flip side, we have Neoma Jardin, who I feel like did a really crappy thing recently where she's, you know, we had the protest happen earlier in the year and City Hall's windows got smashed out and she helped bring a local black artist downtown to help paint a mural. And he was accosted by citizens in town and then after he was accosted and the police were called, the police harassed him. And he was messed with for multiple days after that, doing, that doing this project because the information hadn't been passed along to whoever needed to know it. And he was being viewed as a person who was coming down there and vandalizing. And it's like, you're using this opportunity to say, look, I brought a black guy down to paint a mural. I'm the good white lady. I did the good white lady thing. And you didn't follow up with protecting that person when you put him in that space. And he had multiple instances where he was unsafe and you, she didn't do anything to protect him. And so in my mind, she's phony. That's phony. You're just trying to look good for the cameras and that's it. And I, I know that that's not the only reason that I should dictate why I would vote for someone. But if you're gonna lie about something like that, I have no context for what you're also going to be phony about in, in larger perspective. Well, and the fact that she knows the candidate she's up against isn't a strong candidate. So maybe she thinks she's a shoe in but you should still take this opportunity of an election 
to go talk to your constituents and communicate and hear what they have to say and what the questions that are being asked because these is this is part of your job of knowing and being connected to what people want that you're supposed to be serving so why wouldn't you show up to a to a forum like that especially one put on by action that's like legit those are legit people mm -hmm. they're they're very good people and they're doing good work you should definitely show your face and like make those efforts um and and especially in a time with COVID where you can't go out necessarily and um, hold public space. So that forum was an opportunity that she really missed out on and didn't show up for. And it just kind of feels like you don't care. And when also when you're in the city council, Zoom meetings, watching the meetings, you can tell who is not present even when they're present, if you know what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. They're not showing their face, they're, chewing on celery sticks, putting, changing their socks on Zoom <laughs> while people, public comment is being made and people are pouring their heart and soul into something that they've probably just started doing, honestly. Like a lot of people that made public comment have um, done it for the first time in their lives and they want to be heard and they want to be paid attention to. And you're snacking on celery and carrots and changing <laughs> your socks and talking to whoever's off camera or whatever. It's crazy. You don't care. Go find another job. This isn't the job for you. This job's too important. Knock it off. Sometimes you need to have com comfortable socks to listen to people, apparently. I get it. I like celery. <laughs> I like the crunchiness of celery. <laughs> but when someone's talking to me about their life and what they need from me, I'm going to stop eating celery and listen. <laughs> it's just me, though. Should have ate before and changed your socks. <laughs> she won't eat celery in your face <laughs> at least i'm not the guy that eats celery that's my that's my campaign slogan the low bar it's a low bar <laughs> yeah we're excelling at mediocrity over here i mean i wouldn't call it excelling <laughs> no. i mean i'm patting myself on the back you can't see but <laughs> just idling idling at stuff it's an unstable internet connection. You can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, one last thing about the election is the uh, school board. How did you guys yeah. vote on? Let's talk about Scott Kelly. That's the hot goss of the entire election. <laughs> school board, right? Scott Kelly? Anybody? <laughs> no? Uh... That guy's, yeah, I don't, that guy's terrible. <laughs> Is he still like able to be in the running? I thought, what did yeah, he he's on the ballot? I that's oh, what I didn't vote I for either. I didn't vote for either person in that one. Yeah. Although that's not actually never. I lied. That's not my my uh, area, so mm -hmm. I didn't vote for that. But yeah. But but you you're the most um, well rounded in the school education system out of the four of us here because you are a teacher. So how is your school board failing you? <laughs> well, we've already, we've already devoted multiple episodes to that. Yes. Oh, okay. We'll go back. I'll go back. We'll go catch yeah. up. I will say, say uh, you know, I think Angie Taylor is a good candidate. She's awesome. That's the only one we really endorsed just because I've worked with her um, when I was at my old school trader. She was our board member and, and she was in the schools and she used to be a teacher and uh, you know as we know she's involved with the issues our community faces and yeah um 
her candidate was shockingly incoherently unable to answer pre-provided questions when we had our action forum when we gave the candidates the questions two weeks ahead of time and wow did not have answers to the questions so yeah that's yeah, um, who was she that, running against jeff church no that's scott kelly's running against jeff church uh angie taylor i don't even know the guy i don't want to say his name i don't want anyone to vote for him because <laughs> he's the like gym, he was gym so gym unprepared gym. and had no idea how Mark school no, no, not that guy. Uh, doesn't matter. He's not. He's no good. Angie, Angie, all the way. She's a very articulate, uh, powerful woman. She's rad. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get to vote for that on my personal ballot, but fully down for Angie Taylor. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the Scott Kelly thing. Also, Jeff Church is no peach, so um, <laughs> that one's a wash. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that's it's not the the school board is not okay. That, no. that, if anything needs to be burned down first, it's that one. God, <laughs> <laughs> right? Sad. Why? Yeah. Wow. That I don't know what to say about that it. school board forum was pretty bad. Like, it I was mean, so bad. I had the mod like because we were helping moderate, and someone had to tell me to stop commenting in the chat. <laughs> because like they kept saying stuff that like was not true and i was like wait we already have that person that you're talking about we should get <laughs> and they like messaged me probably like me and the other moderators were like hey like one of the moderators like yelled when he wasn't muted at like one of the pretty people's answers <laughs> and we were like laughing about it like yeah it was such yeah. a terrible you're like this is what you make me do this is what you where you push me all right <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess i don't have um i don't have school age children and so i'm not really that engaged in it but it's there's just so many wild stories and so much acting out in in tomfoolery if you will <laughs> It's hard to understand what is happening and what, why, not what's happening is people acting out, but why it's allowed to go on for so long and it affects a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's really sad. Mm -hmm. And wow, let's fix that one. Yeah, it's just super sad. They always preach education is so important, you know, but the people running it really don't obviously pay attention when you like see the forums, the forums. And obviously, if they're not doing it, they're not caring. And everyone's willing to chop off education money for other things. And everyone yeah. says education is, is key, is so important. But we all know that's a lot. Yeah, they all don't. They all don't just don't follow through. And it's 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 very okay. disheartening and annoying. Because, you know, I got here's Here's something I just heard yesterday. So my girlfriend teaches pre-K and they're supposed, they have aid. They have to have an aid to help them. Because... You need, you need help. people in there. Mm -hmm. And they only make like eight something an hour. And like one of her coworkers was talking about how like her teenage son makes $11 an hour at Burger King. But the job, this job in education that's super important and he gets benefits, job in education only gets paid like eight twenty five, and they're not allowed to work enough hours to get benefits because the district can't afford it. It's just so messed Such up. Garbage. Mm -hmm. So like Such that's garbage. the, the, the that's the thing about like teachers being underpaid. Yes, but like everyone is like the support professionals are, and you can't get quality people for that. Like one of my coworkers today was like, "Can you imagine if they started, if teachers' starting pay was like sixty or seventy grand a year? How many 
teachers that would be coming in that like would turn down other careers and be highly qualified, smart, like motivated people who could make a difference. And then like it would trickle down to like the support professionals and everyone working in schools, like you would attract higher quality candidates. Mm -hmm. Right. And like every teacher I know pays for all kinds of things out of their own pocket. And that's the thing that I feel like is also the wildest part about it too, is like not only like, and we do have really amazing teachers. Like I don't want to discredit that part because like Sean, not to toot your horn, but I feel like I've heard you talk about the curriculum and the things that you teach in your classrooms that's invaluable to the students that you're dealing with. And so I feel like, there are really amazing teachers out there who are also so thinly stretched that they're using their own minimal means to also engage and participate with their students in a way outside of what the education is provided for them from the school because there's no other options. And, you know, it's like taking pride in your job, I guess, is like knowing that you're like, I'm not just going to be a teacher to spout crap. Like I actually want to engage and teach my students in a meaningful and tangible way and have to go out of their own pockets to make that happen. And it's like, when I hear all of the people, you know, chastising teachers who didn't want to go back to school because of COVID, it's like, do you already know how much teachers put on the line of on their own all the time to try to teach for students? And like, we can always look to these extreme cases where you get the really bad teacher or the really good teacher, but it's like, let's just go straight to the middle where all the meat is, where most of those teachers are in there actually want to do good things and have all of these barriers in front of them to actually be able to do those things and have all these testings. And, and, and it's like, you can't, we don't even have the tools to give our teachers outside of the financial compensation, the tools to actually just provide a quality education. Yeah, I mean, mm. if you want to learn more about our feelings on education, <laughs> we interviewed uh, Kaylin Lander, who's the the president of the uh, Empower Nevada Teachers Association, um, and we also had a separate panel of teachers on before school started talking about some of the problems. So you can check those episodes out for you listeners out there. Mm. Um, but you know, is there anything else you guys wanted to say about the election before we? move on um please vote and take take a buddy to vote with you and that's the least we can do it's really important and then get to work with all the rest of it and find ways to hold people accountable hold yourself accountable definitely do your own self-work first and then yeah start holding your uh, elected officials accountable because that's uh, there's a lot of work to do there and it's very important and stay engaged. We'll get there somehow. <laughs> I don't know, but go one vote. way or the Step other. One. Yeah. <laughs> immediate immediate action. Go vote. Yeah, uh, voting is an opportunity for you to show your support for your community and people your community and it may feel gross and weird at times like I had so much anxiety circling the Joe Biden box uh, you know uh, circling the Joe Biden circle on my ballot like I'm not gonna lie about that I, I hated doing it because I don't feel good because about that Bernie candidate. Sanders we could have fucking had Bernie <laughs> Sanders 
anyways, go on. Sorry. So <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't feel good about that choice, but I also recognize that we can't have a human in front of a TV encouraging our community members to attack each other and to kill each other and to do all of these terrible things. So no, I don't care about Joe Biden, but I also can't watch this person encourage everyone in my community to rip each other apart. And so if I have to pick the lesser of evils to keep a, a fraction of people safer than they are now, then I will make that fucking vote. Sorry, you gotta bleep that out. But it's like, it, it's that's what it is. Like, this is a way that I showcase to my community that I care about them enough to make those choices because it's not gonna affect my life, but it's gonna affect theirs. And after that, you got to turn your anger into action. You know, Natalie was talking earlier about how angry she is about the situation and things we have to do, but it's like anger is a really powerful tool for action. It's a really easy emotion to thrive off of and let's use it in a positive way. So like get in your communities, get into your spaces, find your people and do the work like there. And it's not, it's not an untangible goal. And I don't even know if untangible is the right word, but it's like, you like we get really sucked into these spaces where we feel like we can't accomplish things because the problems are so large and complex, but we absolutely can. Like all of these systems have been created and we can make whatever we want to have happen. And so yeah. like, don't let yourself fall down into this space where you can't do things like get into your community and make it happen because there are so many tangible ways that you can support the spaces around you and thrive. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys again for helping us out with this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are listening on K-Wink, uh, make sure you support K-Wink and check us out. We love K-Wink. Friday, <laughs> uh, from 9 to 11, with our Up in the Mix uh, radio show and podcast. Definitely. Heck yeah. Thanks, Yahoo! guys, for having us. Mm -hmm. You're the best. Thanks. Thank you for having the hard conversations. Yeah. All the time. All right. Sean, what okay. are you thinking? So we'll move to the regular podcast part. So you guys could cuss and everything. Um, this part will just be on the podcast. And From here on out? Yeah. Fuck yeah! Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had, so this delicious squash. We, You know the farmer's market on California? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we went and got, my girlfriend got a bunch of stuff and she tried this new recipe with this squash and it I've never had it before. And it was- Die for, would you say? Yeah. And homemade mashed potatoes and some chicken. Sounds Amen. really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's what I'm having for dinner. Yeah. Support but, your uh, farmer. Yes. Yeah. We, she goes. She goes almost every weekend. Heck yeah. Uh, so the Riverside Farmers Market, I think, is taking its place now. So it will be at McKinley Art Center. Um, there are still folks who come to California Street for the Saturday market, but I think they're primarily California farmers, which like absolutely support California farmers too, like support people who grow your food. Um, but the Riverside Farmers Market is exclusive to Nevada growers and producers. Um, and that will run throughout the rest of the winter season. And so it's a really great opportunity to get to continue to support local producers throughout the rest of the cold season. What day and what time? Saturdays, nine to 12 at McKinley Art Center. Okay. Yeah. Also, Sean, your compost thing earlier, don't get rid of those leaves, put them all over your yard. It's a really great way to recycle nutrients. So you can put it around all of the plants in your yard, put around all the trees, like spread those leaves everywhere and keep all those nutrients in your yard. I try, but listen, 
we still have leaves that were like there from all like when we moved in in, in may yeah there's still leaves from last fall because we have a tree that's just been dumping leaves all summer and i so i have like multiple piles in the back mm -hmm. like the back of our yard is just dirt so like it's just covered with leaves mm -hmm. that's but great we, we there's too many there's there's literally my neighbor has a huge like 50 foot tree mm -hmm. And there's just too many, like, I, there's, there's too many leaves for us to do, like, to, to do with. There's leaves everywhere, front yard and backyard, so. It's really crazy to me that we don't have a citywide composting system because it's such a benefit for all of our parks and spaces that the city already has to pay money to help maintain. It's like you could just use all the compost from all of the yard waste to maintain those spaces like parks don't have food in them that you're eating so if you're using organic material that doesn't you know that maybe has chemicals or pesticides on it because everybody loves using that stuff stop using chemicals and pesticides <laughs> in your yards everyone uh dorks <laughs> you you can still use a pesticide dork no right <laughs> like for everyone stop doing it uh we can we, we could reuse all of those nutrients like plants can't move to get food they have to get the food from where they're at. So the more we can keep the food where they're at, the better the plants will do. He did see that someone at the farmer's market had a thing where like that you they come and collect your compostable waste mm -hmm. and then bring finished compost to you. Down to earth composting. Oh, like a little tray. What is it? Yeah, what's I it called? Know. Sorry, go ahead. No, what's it called? Down to earth composting. They're just like some neighborhood folks. I used to live up the street from them and I don't know how their system works. They probably have a website you can go to, but I have a few friends who they ride around their bikes and collect all of the bins and stuff. So I don't know if you have to pay to participate in it or if it's just trade based, which it would be cool if it was mm -hmm. just trade based, but, um, but it's pretty small scale. Like it would be, you know, like, I think it would be really cool if everyone, like everyone composts. Everyone make your own dirt. <laughs> I really think yeah. I think it would be rad for HOA to have um, built into their HOA where everyone in the grid of the you know HOA had to grow certain food every year, and it was all planned out. And then people would trade within their community <laughs> their crops. So you'd only, you don't like you need to start an HOA. <laughs> What's that? You need to start an HOA. <laughs> That's my dream. <laughs> HOA, I love HOAs. Step one, get yourself a salmon-colored polo. <laughs> Step two, become an asshole. Yeah. Step three, run the HOA. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but like a cool HOA, maybe where people I know there's HOAs in together, and it's dialed in, and you don't have to be an expert farmer, and you just have to be in charge of like one or two crops. And then also the composting thing where part of your HOA is to compost. With well, I do know like, those HOAs in California like and Oregon and Washington that have composting programs. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Portland has a really good one. But I, I'm sure that shit wouldn't fly in like Texas. No. Yeah, Yeah, because people don't like to grow fresh food for themselves in Texas. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> I hate fresh food in my backyard. Come on. Sounds nice. <laughs> Do you want us to stay on for the rest of your podcast or are we, we just we're like- gonna talk, We were gonna talk about a couple things and ask yeah. you guys a few questions. 
Mm -hmm. I want to hear your discussion on tenants. No spoiler alerts, though. So I so we went to the drive-ins last weekend and saw Tenant, and it was fantastic. Um, it's Christopher Nolan. Like it was a great yeah. concept. I thought you like. I think uh, I don't know how you guys feel about Inception. I think Inception's pretty good, okay. but I feel like this is better because the way this ends and the way this wraps up is cleaner and. Um, gets you thinking in a good way about uh, the way it ends hmm. okay and like the premise of the whole film i don't know i don't know anything about it at all yeah tell us give us a quick synopsis without spoiling. i didn't know anything about it really going into it i don't think anyone no, said. better the, that way the trailers are very vague as well yeah <laughs> and I, it, it, I will say the only thing i knew from the trailers and stuff is that it deals with the manipulation of time. Mm, yeah, because you could see it like a back and forth in the trailers, like like a you could definitely see like a pre something. It just keeps going back and forth. It's so maybe you know maybe see a bunch of trailers. But how do you manipulate something that's not real? <laughs> Ask time. Who knows? <laughs> a little. Woo! Well, that's into it. That, that question will be answered in the movie. Is there a romantic oh. sequence in the movie? Um, is it like formulaic in, in the way that cinema is? No, right? no, there's not. I wouldn't say yeah, there's Christopher a... Christopher Nolan's not really formulaic at all. I would I say mean, no. He, he might be in his own way, but not in a broader sense, right? And you guys know the main character is Denzel Washington's son, right? No. That's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How old is Denzel Washington's son? Oh, I don't know. He's like 30, early 30s. Okay. He 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 was on Ball the show Ballers, which is like breakout thing. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't like to tell people who he is because he wants to make it on his own. He was like a he he was like a college football player and like played in the NFL kind of like for and who? then got into acting afterwards. Who did he play for? I don't he never like made it on a team, I don't think. Wow. He never played any games, but third chair. In college, he never told his teammates. Didn't know like who his dad was at first and stuff. Like he, he's he's a cool guy. Mm -hmm. Although Denzel, I mean Denzel was my dad. I'd want everyone to know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> wow, cool. Is mm -hmm. he a good actor? Yeah, no, he's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's and uh, and Robert uh, Pattinson. Who? Robert Pattinson's in it. The guy, uh, Robert Pattinson. I'm not uh, talking about Denzel's son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robert Pattinson's a good-looking guy too. They're both good. That's the guy in Twilight. Yeah, yeah. But he's like grown up now. Yeah. Okay. And it's know? the two of them. Look, as 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 a heterosexual <laughs> male, I'd say the two of them together, it, like they're they're very two good-looking guys, mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of something for all oh. the ladies and guys hey, that, that are. Are they romantic lovers? <laughs> uh. No. Oh, okay. I got excited. <laughs> but, <laughs> Although but, I don't really know what he did. Yeah, but Denzel's kid, he was on in the Black's Clan, the Black Klansman too. The one Spike Lee uh -huh. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. well, like, like he's good. He needs a good actor, so he's yeah. Okay. Good actor, right. good good genes. Now he's out of Denzel's son. Is that a thing? Well, now that he's now that he's broken out, people obviously do research. And, what is uh, it, David? David James Washington? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he goes by his middle name too. 
But who's his mom? Denzel. His mom wife. is Denzel Washington's <laughs> wife. He's, they're very private. They're like a very private. <laughs> right? She's trying to figure out if Denzel's single. No, I'm not. I'm more interested in the woman. I'm more interested in the, the woman behind these two, um, you know, accomplished males. Because well, like I said, well, I know when she said dad, she meant daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now you guys are meaning me to be something. I'm just not. <laughs> okay. Um, well, who's the female lead? Uh, someone uh, I don't know how to pronounce. I don't know her name. Um, oh, right. But it's the the three of them are basically there's there's basically four people at the at the core of the movie, and uh, she's like the third. And like the one of the most important characters, but I don't. Sh I've never seen her in anything. I'm the last person to ask, but yeah. I I don't think she's American either. I think she might be British. Sure, and Christopher Nolan's British, right? Yeah, British? yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it like action? Is it suspense? Oh, it's an action. It's action. an action thriller movie. Like it's a uh, super action packed. It keeps you guessing the whole time. And not <clears throat> until the very, very, very end of the movie are you really going to know what's going on completely. You went to the drive-in. Um, who'd you go to the drive-in with? Oh, it was just me and the lady. Okay, what did she think about the movie? She thought it was great, too. Loved it. What kind of um, snacks did you guys have? We went to Tacos El Rey beforehand because the drive-in started at 6.45. So we went and got Tacos El Rey and uh ate that while we watched the movie fun that's a good time yeah a good time for like 25 bucks for two people absolutely mm -hmm. yeah i also love um the uh drive-in on the weekends during the daytime when it's not movies and it's the, the flea market uh, flea market mm -hmm. yeah so that's a good time and it only costs like 50 cents to get in Oh, it's, so, it's, it's that cheap? That's where all the change is going. <laughs> yeah, we figured out what the change shortage is. It's all going to the flea market. <laughs> to the change and washing machines. <laughs> uh. What other movies are out there that uh, we should pay attention to or check out? There, That's literally the only one. Yeah, like the, all the other ones that I'm playing are... Uh, like old movies and like re like, they had a uh, a couple of movies from the eighties. Oh God! Um, I can't think. One was literally from like nineteen eighty three. I'm like, I've actually never seen this movie. I might have seen it. I was born in seventy nine. Well, it's not a contest now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Four year old Nat loved that year. <laughs> it, it's just hard for movies now because everyone's trying to switch their plan to like streaming now because. No one could go to movies. So, like, no Marvel stuff came out. No Disney stuff came out. And the Disney thing that did come out was, like, Milan. But it was, like, to Disney+. Plus. And even if you had Disney+, Plus, you had to pay extra to get it. Um, but everyone is just changing their whole, their whole scheme, like, right off the mm -hmm. bat. Even though they were going to change it down the line. They, people were, like, waiting, like, five years to really do things. But now they're... Um, all the stuff yeah. I've been reading, they're just like trying to push, they're trying to move their marketing into streaming now. So that's why there's no new movies that came out or anything like that. Uh, yeah, because I forgot the last movie I saw. I think it was like Selena at the theaters because they redid it. 
not that we did it, but they re-showed it. And it was yeah. like $1 to go see it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Do you that, think that's what the theaters are going to be now? It's just like old movie reruns? So for now, for like the, you know, for I'm saying within like next two, three years, probably. Hmm. But they're just old movies that they're playing. And there's like very few, like, the movie business does not want to like waste their money if the, no one's going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I imagine yeah, they would... the next year, that's what it's going to be like for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it... you think that they would figure out another way to still make the money that they would make from ticket sales in another format. Like maybe that's what they're working on is developing the next like get a liquor license. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the problem is that, uh, the movie theaters themselves aren't involved with making movies, so yeah. they can't. They, the only money money they make is from showing them. So, like the the production companies will be fine. It's the actual mm-hmm. movie theaters that are going to go out of business. Yeah, because the movie theaters but, make pennies off like a movie ticket. Like they make like here goes more quarters. They probably do like twenty five cents or something. But, damn it! <laughs> but uh. They make that's why the con, uh, concession stands are so expensive, because that is where the actual money that the theaters themselves make. So like uh, I think like Brennan Theaters, um, like Century's doing okay because like another conglomerate owns it, but there's like all these big theater companies that are just not gonna get anything, and they're trying to make stuff like deals with the movie theaters themselves to stay open, but the movie guys don't want to do it either they just want to go all streaming and well, try- like there's just no demand to go sit for three hours with a bunch of strangers mm-hmm. in the middle of a fucking pandemic mm-hmm. that's the problem and, and crying babies kids <laughs> fucking kicking the back of your seat while you're trying to watch a movie what movies are you seeing <laughs> i only see adult movies i don't know I actually don't go to the movies, so I think all of my PTSD yeah, you're thinking of the rest. is from taking <laughs> kindergartners to a fucking movie. I'm trying to sit through a three-hour-long movie yeah. with 75 kindergartners and trying um, to keep the building from burning down. Yeah. You know, just walking kids back and forth to the bathroom every time. All of them pee their pants the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. But, yeah. Uh, anyway. Caesar, do you know what time of the show it is? World news. In depressing world news, Arctic ice has not frozen over in October for the first time ever. And global global warming is fake. Yeah, after record high temperatures throughout the summer, uh, normally by now, the ice sheet in uh, northern Europe has already started to form and ice is already moving out into the Atlantic to bring nutrients to the plankton that the whole entire ecosystem depends on. And that has not happened for the first time in history yet. Until now. First time ever. So yeah, uh, I saw that yesterday and uh, on uh, the new, I make the kids watch 10 minutes of CNN news every every morning and that was one of the stories so that started a depressing conversation <laughs> the try i tried not to get too depressing what do the kids say about it i mean they're the, if you guys think you're cynical i'll never forget <laughs> kids get it we should hang out with kids is that what you're saying <laughs> on election night four years ago i was teaching a, a high school i was teaching a poetry workshop at holland with these high schoolers and i was shocked at their level of cynicism and i had to explain to them that like it within my lifetime things had been much better why are you trying to 
why are you trying to pull down everyone's cynicism? <laughs> maybe we're trying to get, maybe we're trying to keep it low. It's a slippery slope to apathy, and that's that's <laughs> what the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I feel my, like my my cynicism only lights a fire under me to act. Yeah, well, you're also a grown woman, and you're not a 16 year old. <laughs> Who's already and dealing with existential? Who has parent overlords? <laughs> yeah. No, I want to tap into that. Anyways, hey, uh, you weren't reading those kids' poetry, okay? So, <laughs> can I, I had to say something. Can I come sit in on your class? <laughs> yeah, if we ever do something like that ever again in the aftertimes, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard though, because like it's hard to listen to like a fifteen-year-old share a poem about what they think is their first love no doubt oh man i've read my old diaries <laughs> from that era it was the worst thing i've ever read in my life yeah was was denzel yeah. still in it oh. <laughs> was denzel majestic beard uh. <laughs> Like the first page of his manifesto, I'm like, this guy gets it, you know. <laughs> How old were you? He like gets 14. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand. Um, 14 year old Nats just walking around with him in, in her head and that yeah, curly hair. Mm -hmm. so dreamy. <laughs> uh, did you watch a lot of Daria, didn't you? Yeah, um. Anyways, yeah, climate change is for real. <laughs> what other world news you got? Uh, Amy coronavirus was confirmed to the Supreme Court. Uh, more depressing news. Thank you, SNL. This is the only saving grace for us anymore is <laughs> the great comedy that comes out of this fucking shit show. Yeah. yeah. She, she's ter yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Get, get angry about that. You got to keep people motivated. Yeah. The only yeah. other news we had is how bad coronavirus is getting in Washoe County and whether or not they're going to close the schools down. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, so I was out of town. I put my ballot in the mail, not in the mail. I walked it to Washoe County administration, mm -hmm. whatever that is on Wells. So easy. Stamped it, scanned it, put it in the box in under like two seconds. Um, and then I went out of town for a week camping um, in southeastern oregon and like northern nevada out in the middle of nowhere it was great um and oh i forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> we're talking about coronavirus <laughs> oh yeah then i come back to <laughs> reno from being out of town and all of a sudden like i know four different people that have tested positive for the coronavirus they're all in different friend groups none of them are like related to each other in any way and just all of a sudden there's this huge surge like what the heck is going on? Obviously, like I kind of saw this coming. I was I've been nervous about the weather getting colder, school being back in, sports, da 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 da. Everything, you know, everyone just being tired of keeping up practices. Um, yeah, it's kind of scary. I've definitely like my brain goes on a tangent of like what this. It's could worse happen. than ever. All over the country. It's not okay. Right. It's not okay. Here's what the thing. Saying? I keep seeing people say like, oh, you know, like we're tired and we're giving up. We never fucking tried. <laughs> never. No, we never you had to do something in the first place. That, like yeah. we didn't do anything like we should have been tired. All you time. had to do was wash your hands and wear a fucking piece of cloth over your mouth. <laughs> and like chill and stay a little home. bit. Yeah. 
Like, is it that hard? Yeah. People came up with a whole new, they came up with a whole new term for it, pandemic fatigue. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you're fatigued? What are you tired from? Doing nothing? Doing nothing is tiring you? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm sitting with a mascot all day teaching in my fucking classroom. And I think it's normal. I've right. gotten so used to it. Like, yeah, of course people think nothing's going on. Everything's going on like normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, especially, Caesar, when you were talking about when we started this going to Oregon and uh, Jimmy and Roxanne just moved back yeah, from Oregon. Mm -hmm. And I was having a conversation with her about it. And she was, the thing she kept bringing up was she was like, I can't believe how many faces I've seen. Like, and I, I, I thought she, at first when she said it, I thought she meant like, she was really excited to see all of her friends. Mm -hmm. And then I realized like she was being legitimate in the fact that she could see people's faces because in Oregon, no one is going around without a mask. Like yeah. it's like everywhere you go, even on the streets. And so I, I feel like what your what was your experience in comparison to no it was the same thing and there was like less people on the max you know like every time i because i didn't have a car and i knew everyone was like doing stuff relatively good out there like there was like i could be by myself in a whole train car for 20 minutes you know from like east portland to like downtown fine and like i said walking the streets it was pretty empty and right. so it's just like they were doing their thing, you know, but everyone had their mask yeah. on no matter what. So, yeah, and everything had like going into a place in the bathroom, like in and out of the bathrooms. There was hand sanitizer. There was like there's so much cleaning supplies everywhere at every point of like going into a building or into another room out of it. Like saying like, you know, and even eating people where they put like two tables between you and stuff like that. So they'd be like, okay. oh, like it made sense. And the sad thing is like, it's still better here in Nevada than it is in like the South. Mm -hmm. Like I see people, teachers in like other parts of the country where like kids aren't required to wear masks and people don't have to wear masks in school and they're still in school. And it's just like, Whoa. You know, like, I feel like I keep seeing them say, oh, nationally, we might mandate a national mask mandate. They've been saying that for months now. It's like, just fucking do it. If that's well, going to help. I mean, it won't. That has, her leader has to, right. uh, you know, prove that. Sign, sign <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah. He has to put that code sign. Um, yeah. What do you guys think should happen? Like what, in your perfect in my scenario? Perfect world, if, someone would build a leader. time machine. And make sure back in no, February. No, no, no. <laughs> because there's nothing. Not it's now, the back. Like, nothing. There's nothing we can do now. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's way too far gone at this point. Because mm -hmm. even if we shut down totally, you know, and no, everyone's at home, no one's doing nothing. Because it's we can't. It's, we can't do that though. Like it's so we would. It would take. It would take like a four week down no it would take it would take months it would probably take four months for everything that like so here's the thing that if you if you do like a four week shutdown theoretically it stops the spread if no one's doing anything mm -hmm. right it's spreading if everyone sits at home for four weeks right even people who are sick get over it and yeah. i mean that's what people called for in i mean that's what they did in china's like that's what people yeah. called for in march and april at this point we don't have a stomach for that. Like, I don't know how we, it, uh, unless you did it around Christmas and New Year's somehow, <laughs> but people are still going to go see their families and stuff. Yeah. It's the cat's out of the bag now. Mm -hmm. If they said like this month, everyone 
like prepare to lock down next month. So you have yeah. a month to prepare. Don't get all freaked out and run to the grocery store and buy all the fucking butthole tickets or whatever. <laughs> like take what you need for just a month. It'll be okay. They'll be restocked by the time you go back there. Get your beans, get your coffee, get whatever you need. That's what get your DVDs. That's what needed to happen like the middle of March. Mm-hmm. That was six it's months over. ago. It's over. We're just fucked. We gotta like ride it out and hella people gotta I die. mean, what possibly could they do? I mean, Biden doesn't get into office until the end of January. That's... Why are we waiting for these fuckers to because the, it has to, what to do? Because we it has to. We can't. This isn't something we can just rise up and solve. This takes coordination at a federal level yeah. with a place this big, and that's what's been missing this whole time. You have to coordinate. What if there's like a live aid uh, concert or something? <laughs> or... I don't know. Like, who else do people listen to in this country? No one. That's the problem. We're, we're <laughs> so fucking messed idiot. up. We can't have like a um, free Tibet style <laughs> concert of like, can everyone just quarantine for a month? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's Bill Collins. He's going to sing to you about I mean, it. they could give everyone $2,000 for two months and do that. <laughs> well, see, and that's, that's the thing that, that the money is, needs to yes. be there to finance people to actually yes. make those. The Senate is adjourned until November 9th. So <laughs> we'll get to that though later. When we deal with there's our- a GoFundMe. Is there a GoFundMe that we can do? <laughs> for what? For the, the for the country? <laughs> that GoFundMe combo, like, let's sit our asses down and- Hey, let's go fucking rob Jeff Bezos. He got yes. the- He got the loot, or even the wife. She got half Jeff, of that. He got, the, he got some ends on it. <laughs> okay, here's the thing, though. Ends Not all Jeff day. Bezos, cause, but um, Elon Musk, his baby mama- <laughs> Like she needs to put out or shut up because like oh well, those two like, they're all she does is like, I know fuck all of them mm-hmm. but like she just sits there on Twitter and says like hey can you like she tells Elon Musk to like chill out but she's she's not actually doing anything she needs to withhold and make some things happen oh I gave up on on them a long. Elon Musk <laughs> is definitely in the story of humanity Elon Musk will be the the villain. That ends humanity. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he, I mean, accidentally on purpose. He flips that Skynet switch. He's gonna be the one that invents the robots <laughs> that kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, what did you name your kid? How do you say that name? They're like, just practicing for when you know everyone's speaking binary because we're fucking cyborgs from the robots taking over in the Matrix. Bring it on. <laughs> We figured right. out Bring his it name on. is Kyle. His name, his baby's name is Kyle. That's what we figured out. We'll just be the Borg. Yeah. Assimilate. That's it. But I do think you're right, Sean, when you're talking about the money part of it, because I feel like uh, we've yeah. had conversations all the time where we are nitpicking each other for not wearing the right masks or not doing the right kind of quarantining. And it's like, yeah, because no one has resources. So yeah. if you had resources to stay fucking home, you would. Like, yeah. I like, you know, when I when the pandemic first started, like I'm considered an essential worker as a farmer. So I still went to I've been busier this year than I've been any other year. And I hear people telling me stories about how bored they are sitting at home. And I'm like, fuck you. I have to sit on the field and grow food for all you shit. <laughs> but but the thing is, is the reality of it is that people don't have the means to stay home. Like I went through and canceled as many bills as I could and got as many bills as I could put onto some kind of deferment or 
whatever fucking payment plan that I could. And even that wasn't enough. And I got evicted from my place in the middle of the pandemic. And the reason that I got from the person who evicted us was that they were worried we were going to give them coronavirus because we were going to work. And I was like, you could give us free rent and then we don't have to go to work. Like you understand we're going to work to pay your ass, but you're going to make me feel bad for getting coronavirus to fucking pay your rent. Like there are all kinds of measures and mechanisms that could be in place to actually support community members through this space so that they could stay home. We have the resources and the tools to do it. We don't. We don't do it. And so yeah. I feel like it sucks when we fight with each other about like it being yeah. hopeless or that everyone's not doing their part. And it's like, everyone has different situations and and spaces that they occupy. And yes, of course there are people who are being assholes and just want to party and don't give a shit. But like the majority of people don't have the means to not go to well, work. Again, that goes back so. to why we have to have, a, we needed a national response because only the federal government has the resources to do that like yeah. they could have like other countries did it they could have suspended mortgages suspended rent suspended evictions mm-hmm. get, if instead of bailing out these industries give everyone fifteen hundred dollars a month yeah. tell them to sit at home for six weeks eight weeks and this thing could have been dealt with months ago but right. we couldn't do that mm-hmm. so right Play your kazoo with your butt for all we care. Just stay home. Like they don't get, you know what it's like? We could do these things, but I feel like the the importance here is that we talk about it a lot of times as if it's not possible. And the thing is, is that it is possible. It's absolutely possible and attainable. It just hasn't been forced. And so this is where I feel like when we had these conversations earlier about empowerment, it's like, then let's fucking put that pressure on. Like people keep asking me for what the solution is. And they're like, oh, should I stop paying my taxes? I'm like, sure. I don't know what the fucking solution, (laughs) but like something has to be better than nothing. Like, I guess if we got to go ask all of the banks that are on the street that I live on to fucking support the community right now, because they're getting bailouts. Great. My economic plan, if you want to vote for me for some future election Mm -hmm. is everyone get credit cards who can and then use all of that money to pay and support everyone in your community and then don't pay it back because they need to pay reparations and support their community and they fucking won't. Do it. (laughs) Do it. I mean, you don't know, Sean. Maybe it'll work. Yeah, I'm sure... (laughs) Because we're the first people that thought of that. <laughs> of course I am. I mean, cap- capitalism and imperialism ain't working for us. So what else? What else? So Robin do? Hood. It's called Robin Hood. You ever seen that movie? <laughs> Make it for council. Steal from the rich. Give to the poor. That's what you do. Yeah, I actually, someone posted something today about what was going on. And I just posted a picture of Robin Hood, the guy from Robin Hood, Men in Tights. <laughs> everyone understood what I meant by it. Uh, Men in Tights, that used to be at the drive-in movie theater. That's a great movie. Yeah. Everyone I, I, would dance to it. Everyone knows the Men in Tights song. And Dave Chappelle's in it. It could be a great flash mob opportunity. Yeah. And the one positive good news... Caesar, I sent this to you. No, I, I, I saw I saw it on the internet Jesus as well. Jesus and Mero mm-hmm. are getting their own Timberland collaboration. Yes. Wait, who? <laughs> Jesus and Mero. Okay. Timberland. Do you not know who they are, Natalie? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, I'm, this he is said good disappointingly. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, well, they're two, they, they're two excellent 
they have a show. They're late night hosts. Mm-hmm. They used to have a podcast. Or they they, the they still they still do have a podcast, but and uh, they talk. It would be like Caesar and I getting sponsored by Nike or something mm-hmm. like. Oh. They they talked it into existence. They literally like tweeted about it, yeah. really? and then like it everyone happened. tweeted back to them and was like, and it made made it a thing. Wow! It'd be like me getting my own custom Cortez or something. Yeah. Wow. When are you getting that? Uh, as soon as uh, we sign a multi-year uh, contract with Showtime. They happen is the le- is the lesson I'm hearing. Tweet it into the universe, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Things are manifested. Put it, put it out on, there, Sean. Yeah, God, don't I'm give trying. up on your dreams. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day we'll be talking about this, Caesar. Sitting, yeah. You're going to. It's because we're both on your podcast right now. We're going to look back on this and be like, remember when that was just a dream? <laughs> <laughs> When when's the last time you two were in the same room together? Um, last month. I think when we just shot photos, right? We just shot. Was it just those yeah, we photos? Bre- we shot some photos and went to breakfast. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like September, uh, sometime in end of September. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you might have come by to pick something up since then. I don't know. Or drop something off, but it, it hasn't. Like yeah, we haven't. Yeah. We haven't really it's like. We haven't like really sat in the room for a long period of time together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brighter days are ahead. <laughs> right? Yeah. They have yeah. To be, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we got to keep telling ourselves. <laughs> it's coming. It's I mean, coming. part of me also thinks like this might be the good times we look back upon. <laughs> I know. I was say we're all smiling and laughing at our tiny heads floating on screen. <laughs> like, remember when we thought right before the end where we thought things were going to get better and they didn't? And then it's like the Terminator stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then society just collapsed. Yeah, this is... But I'll be laughing. I'll be laughing until the end. Mm-hmm, I yeah. mean, like, let's just find joy. And even when shit gets hella dark, because it's about to get hella more dark. Um, but we could still laugh. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been preparing. <laughs> laugh, cry combo. I, I've been preparing to lead humanity against the robots since I was in high school. So yeah. yes. So we know who to call. Yeah. I feel like the best part is, is that we know we got our teams together. We have all been kind of preparing for these situations since yeah. our childhood. And now we're like, oh, that was going to be real. We're yeah. gonna play a game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, or yeah, I just thought I would write a movie about this one day. Mm-hmm. I didn't, or a book. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd actually just be living it. But or what I keep telling yeah. Sean, he needs to start running for like governor and like city council because he has a squad that could help him out already. You know, he has yeah. the, he has the squad, yeah, we'll be- and then in five uh-huh. years' time, he could be you know, who knows. Eight I'll be no. the person in charge when it collapses and the first person taken out. You're gonna have to take all the credit for it, Sean. <laughs> you'll you'll be like Dave be Chappelle. Like, Dave like Chappelle's president. Show. President. Yeah, yeah. It's like there is, there is there is aliens. Boom. And here's the cure for the AIDS virus and takes it. Yeah. He's like me and Blork Blork are gonna go to another dimension where shit's better. Yeah. Peace. Hey, well, you got all the blueprints. You know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just do the opposite. Yeah, then they wouldn't let me share it with you guys, though. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking coming. Yeah, get on the spaceship. You know too much. Yeah. This planet's fucked. We're out. <laughs> Wait a minute. You didn't say the other news about them finding water on the 
on the moon or Mars? Which one? I didn't read. About, I didn't have time to re to read about that. Yeah, I, I, I was obviously I don't know much about it either. <laughs> I was. I did. I did watch the video of that uh, probe going to the asteroid and touching down and t taking a dirt sample from the asteroid, hot. which was pretty crazy. Was it like the movie Armageddon? <laughs> No, there was no Aerosmith soundtrack. Damn, thank you. Bruce there was no, not there to yell at Ben Stiller. There was no Steve Buscemi grinding a rocket. I mean, I do love oh. Steve Buscemi. No dry humping from Steve Buscemi. Damn yeah. it. I'm out. I hate this future. No Michael Clark Duncan mm -hmm. yelling about oil oil dr yeah, drilling, you know. Terrified about being in space. No Billy Bob Thornton arguing oh, with, with the president. Uh, that movie's so fucking stupid. It's literally like, hey, like these dumb fucking oil rig guys are going to tell these NASA scientists anything about anything. They're the only ones that can save us. But I watch it. I watch it. I love it. That's the stupidification of America right there. Yeah. Blame fucking Jerry Bruckheimer, whoever directed that movie like hey you know instead of listening there because there was another movie where like science saved the day and he's like fuck that yeah. we're gonna get fucking bruce willis and have these guys just drill a big hole and blow it up yeah it was like blow that it. one deep impact was around the same time too yeah yeah mm-hmm with Frodo, right? Is yes. Frodo in deep impact yeah Fro <laughs> Frodo was in it and so was uh morgan freeman <laughs> Is that an erotic film? What are we, what are we talking about? Deep impact with Frodo. <laughs> Frodo and... Uh... Do you not know what Lord of the Rings is either, Natalie? <laughs> you see how I just try to veer off the conversation now? This is what happens when you let us get drunk on your podcast. <laughs> You're not the first. You won't be the last. Exactly. Yeah. Tell Boston the sauce. She doesn't know the lingo. I know it. <laughs> It doesn't sound as good when I say it. <laughs> Lost in the She's going to be right, like... Before we go, we're going to ask you guys a couple questions. Answer them. Oh, great. Great. Okay. Right. What is a, a cool unknown event in the area that you like to go to? What is a what? Cool or unknown event in the area that you like to go to. Event? That's Under hard. normal times. We're in COVID. Oh, I was like, what? We're in, in, COVID. in the before times. In the before times. Um, the outhouse races. In Virginia, in Virginia City. Ooh, it's not that cool, but it's kind of funny. Founders Day for the Republic of Molossia in Dayton. Oh. Go to that. <laughs> Repeat both of those again for our listeners. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, I'm not embarrassed. I'm very excited to repeat it. The Republic of Molossia is in Dayton, Nevada, and on in May, they have a Founders Day, and the only stamp I have in my passport is from this micro-nation, <laughs> and it is absolutely worth a visit. Wow. Yeah. Go there. Dang, Great. okay, okay. That doesn't seem like a real thing. <laughs> it is real. Google it. No, we're going to go invade it. That's what we're going to do, Caesar. <laughs> we're gonna... that's, <laughs> that's how we get our own brand. Exactly. We get a country first. A we get a country people. first, and that's it. They have a space program and a military, so you're forewarned. And their currency is backed by cookie dough. <laughs> it's definitely South <laughs> I wish yeah. I could make this up. I'm not making it up. I'll send you the link. My, uh, my brain can't even. 
handle the No, tell them yours. Now. Tell them yours. Oh, my, I mean, obviously, we're so starved for, like, events and things happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because mine, the first one that shot out of my mouth is something I actually haven't gone to in, like, a decade, probably. But it, I said the outhouse races in Virginia City. You're normally this time of year in October. Um, yeah, and people just, like, build outhouses, a.k.a. shitters, <laughs> and run them down uh main the main drag like one guy has to ride in the shitter it has to weigh a certain um amount of weight so like nascar weight, they'll throw in like bales of hay or horse mm -hmm. shit or whatever it is um <laughs> and then up two of your teammates push you while the guy driving it that's sitting in the shitter you know drives it and um yeah they just race them down the main drag and that's what I blurted out as one of my favorite events. <laughs> you heard it here um, first. Yeah, we need, I, need, mm -hmm. I need things to open back up. I need people to sit the fuck down <laughs> and be COVID conscious so we can get over it and we can get back to real events because I'm upset that I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment here. Follow your heart. Always, well, always, follow your, always follow your heart. All the way to Washington. I have a lot of love to give. That's, all the way to the shitters. <laughs> One, one port, small portion of it. Yeah. All the way to the deep impact. <laughs> Proto. Proto porn. <laughs> Take us there. Uh, all right. What next? What all, right, next? all right. We got, we're on fire. <laughs> what is the best thing you've watched uh, since quarantine started? Oh. Dang. You know I smoke a lot of weed, right? So you probably watch a lot of shows. I just don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to even remember what we talked about at the end of this oh. podcast. <laughs> um, my favorite thing would probably be Midnight Gospel. Mm. It's on Netflix. It's animated. Um, it's that one dude's. It's based off of the dude's podcast. What's his name? Have you guys seen it? Mm-mm guy's name something russell i can't remember what his name is but it's called midnight gospel and it's pretty cool it's very sensory overload so um it's kind of hard to watch it first but it uh deals with a lot of like uh talks about death and spirituality and um like maybe psychedelics <laughs> and things like that. It's cool. Midnight Gospel. Check it out. All right. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite hidden spot in Nevada that you're willing to share with people? Oh, I know one. Um, I haven't been there yet, but I'm definitely gung-ho on gathering whoever wants to go to go check it out. But it's um, Michael Heiser. Um, he owns, he's a, he's a very famous land art sculpturist, I guess, if you will. And he, uh, bought land, I think like now, like 45 years ago out in the middle of Nevada, the basin and range, um, area it's in Lincoln County garden Valley. If you know where any of that is, which you probably don't, but you can look it up. Um, but he, he, he has like a mile and a half long land sculpture artwork 
on his piece of land called the city. He's been literally working on it for over 40 years and it's supposed to be done now. It is not yet open to the public, but uh, a few of us are gonna, if we can't figure out how to gain access, we might just go rogue and like go camp in the BLM, you know, public lands out in that area and see if we can scope it from afar or maybe walk in or what the situation is. I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast now, but also I don't, I don't really care. It's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, look up Michael Heiser, H-E-I-Z-E-R. Uh, old man, weird dude, just decided to like do this crazy art sculpture out in the middle of Nevada desert. Um, Barack Obama actually was the one that we can credit for making the Basin and Range a national monument. Mm. So that that land in Nevada is now a national monument um, because it was threatened for a while to be um, maybe have a rail railroad line um, built through there so that they can take nuclear waste into the middle of the desert and dump it there. And um, yeah, they ended up turning it into a national monument instead. So that's rad. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm a really big fan of playing What's Up That Road. Uh, and I feel like it's a really yeah, like easy game, game to play in Nevada because you can literally point any direction on a map and then just go that way and more than likely find any weird thing that you want to find. I guess kind of depends on what you're looking for. But like, I have been really entranced by uh, quiet spaces humans make too much noise for me and so I really like to go out as far as I can away from people and so uh the best game I like to play is like pick a direction and then play what's up that road and when you get to a road just drive up it and see what happens and maybe there's no trespassing sign and some old timers going to be out there with a shotgun <laughs> waiting for you and maybe you'll find a cool hot spring but uh there's all kinds of really beautiful unexplored places and just remember to pack your fucking trash out mm. yeah and also, and bring bring a little bit extra gas if you can, and definitely water, and uh, have have your wits about you so you know how to get in and out. Don't drive through mud. Don't huh? drive through deep mud. Yeah, yeah. Check or routes. do, or do. Yeah. Maybe that's your vibe. <laughs> or you can go puddling. <laughs> mud. Hey. No. I, know, I, I I've been stuck in mud. I've been stuck in mud four wheeling back in the day. I know too many people that's happened to. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Also, guys, um, some good hot springs are wherever you want to go anytime, but you know, not on this podcast. But yeah, we we talked about we were going to go with another friend, but then there was a, a outbreak of some bacteria in uh, the spots they were going, so they canceled. They haven't gone. So they're like, we'll wait till next year to to go next spring to go. Yeah, there's so much fun stuff out there, and. It's so easy to go out there and just like roam around and camp wherever because like we have so much public land and that's something we definitely have to like hold on to and keep safe. Um, luckily, it doesn't look like much to, much to most people. So and that way it's not threatened, but like mining and yeah, nuclear waste and weird shit like that definitely threatens it. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a fun time to go out there and go roam around and there's like hot springs ghost towns beautiful landscapes awesome sunsets and sunrises lots of wildlife wild donkeys um, yeah 
there, there's a plethora of fun things to get into. And especially during these times, it's been definitely a saving grace to like unplug and go out there for a few days. And it's very restorative. Nice. <laughs> all right. Last one. What's the first thing you guys are going to do when this is all over? Cool. What, when what's all, which part of it, of it is all over <laughs> when we're out of which the bc part? era uh, when we're in ac <laughs> oh i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i really just want to dance in a sweaty steamy dive bar where the whole like place is dancing like i don't care i could be rubbing up against strangers or whatever I just want to, I want to dance really hard and sweat and like thrash around. Like loving cup at 1 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> Why are you calling it out? Why you got to call it out like that? <laughs> yeah, 1 a.m.? Sure. Because everybody be knows. <laughs> I want to stay up until 1 a.m. again. Maybe <laughs> you got, maybe the mix could be DJing that night even. We could. Holler at us, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, I want to stay up all night and, uh, yeah, I got a lot of energy to burn. <laughs> so I need to dance. Girls gotta dance. <laughs> what about you, Megan? Uh, I'm gonna consensually hug and mouse kiss, mouth kiss everyone around me. Mouse kiss every single person around me. I don't even care if I don't know you. I feel like the, the weird air, like air fiving thing I get. But I also just feel like people need to fucking hug each other. <laughs> right? It's weird watching TV shows where people interact physically. You're like, what the fuck? That is wild. Just touched. touched. <laughs> but it's also wild to see commercials like that are talking about COVID. I'm like, we well, get TV it. shows yeah. are coming out now talking about COVID. The new shows, like, I don't I like it. People wearing masks and stuff. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I think they're like. like I'm excited Go ahead, sorry. Uh, they're like filming Mission Impossible right now, and everyone has a mask in the screen. It's weird. God, no. They're just trying to get us ready for a new norm, and we just got to push back to the days when we could hey, eat roasts and spread we, bacteria. We need to remember this. I'm all for documenting it. We need to remember that this actually happened. Totally. <laughs> Don't want five years from now, everyone to act like none of this ever happened, and we were right? failing true. miserably at it. Well, and like thinking about the context of like the eras when like nuclear war was really dangerous and ever present and they had all kinds of commercials and weird ads where they were encouraged you know like they were doing like nuclear drop testings and people doing bomb shelter fallout tests and it's like crazy to listen to those ads and see the different billboards and stuff so it'll be really wild to look back on this in future generations and think like oh that was our nuclear era was the <laughs> coronavirus yeah this is our stop, drop, and roll, you guys. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Well, <clears throat> thank you guys again for joining us. Yes. Uh, everyone listening, make sure you can vote till Friday for early voting, and next Tuesday's the election. Uh, this weekend is K-Wing's third birthday. Three. Cool. Uh, tune in all weekend for special events. Caesar and I will be having a special three-hour episode of Up the Vicks Radio on Three Friday hours. night with mm -hmm. some special, special guests. And, uh, yeah. Anything you guys want to add before we go? Uh, 
I love you guys and I love K-Wink and yeah, I'm uh, very honored to be here just hanging out with you guys. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And our fuck boy of the week is Mitch McConnell because <laughs> he's a terrible fucking human being and the worst <laughs> top 10 worst Americans ever. Oh man. And he's decomposing. Yeah. <laughs> He yeah. looks like he's decomposing. He's composting as we speak. <laughs> if, his, if his hands are any blacker, he wouldn't let him What is happening to his body? <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully he's dying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't slip into fascism, Sean. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to wish him well, right? No, no, you don't. No, no you don't. No. Fall, fall, he can decompose on his own time. That's fine. Follow yeah. your heart. No one did that to him. <laughs> what happened? Well, uh, until next time, this is Sean saying peace. Mm -hmm. Vote, stay hydrated, and uh, watch out because cuffing season's upon us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you haven't found that cuffing person okay. to cuff with, it's going to be real hard when everyone's stuck at home with, uh, with the virus. <laughs> But yeah, this is Della Photo. Stay safe out there. Make sure, you know, wash your hands and wash your ass. Some of y'all still stay. <laughs> <laughs>